welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. You're listening to episode 189, and today I'm chatting with my friend September McCarthy. She is a precious mom sharing grace and perspective with us today. If you continue to look for the joy in every day, then at the end of the day, you might be a little disappointed. And I don't mean that sarcastically. What I mean is I think we have to redefine what joy is. Sometimes we just have to be really grateful that our kids are well-loved, well-taken care of, that we have what we need, and we've completed another day in the books. And then some days we'll have great victories and we'll feel the joy. But when I stopped taking that verb feel, like how do I feel about something out of the definition of joy in my day, I was able to see things a lot differently. If you've struggled with how to have joy in motherhood, or how to balance spending time with your kids but not fostering entitlement, how to rest in the midst of being needed by many, then this episode is for you. September is the author of the book, Why Motherhood Matters. She's also runs a non-for-profit, she's a speaker, and she has 10 children and two grandchildren. But don't be discouraged that she's some super mom, and if you have a couple kids, you won't relate to what she has to say. No matter how many children you have, you will find encouragement from what September shares, from her perspective and her wisdom. Things like, we can't do all the things but we can choose the right things at the right time. And September reminds us we're going to be tired as moms, but we might as well be tired over the things that bring us joy and choose those things. All right, let's get to my conversation with September. Here we go. Hey, September. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I'm so glad to be here today. It's only been like, what, <laughs> almost four years? <laughs> yeah. Almost four years. September was oh. on here. Uh, it was episode 15. I just looked it up. March of 2014. Uh, you were one of my my first guinea pig people <laughs> to come on the show. And, oh, man, what a joy it's been to just watch um, God use you. And I know it's been a tough journey the last four or five years, but... Um, you're one of my core people, like my online people that I know your heart and I know that I can come to you for a solid, uh, truth-filled answer and prayer. So thank you for joining me on the podcast and sharing what you've learned with the gal that's listening. Yes, I love you, Heather. I love God-centered mom and everything you do. And I think for the mom listening, that if you have someone or a group of moms like the God-centered mom or someone you've met and you can connect with them and trust them to really, really call on them in your early days of motherhood, it's one of the best things there is to have a solid friend like that. Well, I'm thankful for you. I know that we talked a lot about your story in that episode 15, but I'd love for, we have so many new listeners since then. That was like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give them like a brief, like it's so hard because it's such a great story sure. and you yeah. go into it in your book, Why Motherhood Matters, but tell them a bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Okay. What so, God's done in your life and your motherhood journey. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a book in itself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just in a couple minutes. No big deal. Yeah. So I will do my best. So um, for the moms listening, I always like to tell everyone my bio after they've heard my interviews or my podcast or get to meet me because what happens is women hear my um, bio or my background and they hear who I am or what I've done and maybe they kind of shut down thinking, well, I'm not like her or I can't really yeah, identify can't with relate. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, I do like to save it for last, but, um, I'm going to share this now because I want you to know that I'm a mom just like you. And the reason I am is because I have lived probably every definition of motherhood. There could be in every season. We have, uh, 10 children, um, ages 25 to six and no twins in there that are living. And then we have two, almost three grandchildren. And my husband and I, who I refer to as the builder in my book, Why Motherhood Matters, we've been married almost 28 years, or maybe 28 years. I don't know, really, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, it hasn't been all bliss. And at one point, I had six children under the age of nine. And we homeschool our children. And uh, we've also put our children in private school. We've done a few different things. Uh, right now we have, uh, let's see, seven children at home. And I'm homeschooling five. The other two are in college. And uh, let's see, we ex- began our motherhood journey with a great deal of loss. And so I can really empathize and have a lot of compassion for the women who feel like maybe motherhood won't be their journey or maybe they weren't meant to be moms. And that's exactly how I felt. And I really do understand we experienced, um, five miscarriages and, uh, full term loss. And then another loss at week 26 with identical twin boys. And so through all of those things, God just cemented in my heart exactly why motherhood matters. I think sometimes when you can't have something or you want something so bad, but you're not really sure what it is, you realize that there's a desire there that God planted before you even had your child. And so that's why motherhood matters. And that's what I write about in my book. And so when we had our first boy, we were able to bring home, um, I realized that there's a purpose in this motherhood, whether it's hard stuff going through loss or whether it's hard stuff going through the early years of motherhood, God has a purpose. And I wanted to know what that was. And so that began the journey of my motherhood. Um, and it's just been a growing experience since then. And I'm not the same mom that I was you know, 28 years ago, I am not the same mom. So women always ask me, you know, well, I can never be like you. And I tell them, listen, this is a a process and a transformation and, um, just let it, just let it be, let it, let it grow in you, let it grow on you and just let it be beautiful, even in the messy stuff. And I love in that episode we did back in, uh, 2014, you shared your journey from being an angry mom and how God helped you, how you leaned on him to transform that. And I'm confident it's not like, oh, done. Now I never get angry again because (laughs) anger is a real emotion that we all feel. Um, But the fact that you were willing to share that was uh, so hope giving to so many people. And I know inspired many to start talking about their own anger struggles that, you know, they were felt too much shame to bring up. Mm -hmm. Um, So if y'all are in that position, go back and listen to that and hear 
what September shared, but um, I know, like you said, you've learned so much, been grown, you've grown so much, and I would never think <laughs> that you would ever present yourself as like this high and mighty mother that has it all together. Um, you're very humble in how you approach motherhood and your kids. And I know that you've been busy the last few years. It's not like when you hear her say homeschool mom and she's home with all these kids. I mean, you're also, you know, writing on your blog, you've written this book, you're speaking, you're running a conference. Um, It's not like you're not also a businesswoman and you're not also an event planner and you're not also all these other things Mm -hmm. and balancing them that you get that pull too for the mom who's listening, who. Uh, is working outside the home or works part-time or works from the home. Right. And you get all these stages. You get all these stages with the perspective, which I love. I love moms that have the perspective on the stages. Uh, so your wisdom and your your just the time and the process you've gone to is invaluable. Um, I actually had several gals send in questions back when you and I were going to talk Yay. in September. Good. September. <laughs> so... Let's work through some of them, and I think we'll just yes. good things will come out of that. Mm-hmm. Good things will come out of that. So, uh, how about this one? Um, there's a mom. She said, "I'm having a hard time finding joy in motherhood. She's sleep deprived with a one year old. She goes nonstop, and it feels like everything is a huge weight and full of exhaustion. She's homeschooling. I don't know. She's homeschooling her one year old, I guess. And questioning myself would love some tips on finding the joy. Maybe she has other kids, mm, probably, yeah. and a one year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but that overwhelming feeling, that exhaustion. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that mom if she was in front of you? Yeah, you know, I always tell moms that if you continue to look for the joy in every day then at the end of the day, you might be a little disappointed. And I don't mean that sarcastically. What I mean is I think we have to redefine (laughs) what joy is. Sometimes we just um, have to be really grateful that our kids are well-loved, well-taken care of, that we have what we need, and we've completed another day in the books. And then some days we will have great victories and we'll feel the joy. But when I stopped taking that... um, verb feel, like how do I feel about something out of the definition of joy in my day, I was able to see things a lot differently. Now, this probably sounds really, um, I don't know, like it's over-spiritualized, but I I really am sincere that (laughs) a lot of times we base how we're feeling off of what we've really accomplished and what's really happening. Because if we're basing everything off of what we're feeling, of course, we're not going to be able to see the joy. We're tired. You can't take that you cannot take that out of the equation of raising young children, homeschooling, multitasking. But what we can do is step back from all of the negative feelings, the which are real, and think, what really did happen today? What was really good? And then we, you know what? I am really happy that those things happen. I'm really grateful, um, even if it's just one thing. And as the years, as the days progress, this habit of taking that emotional reaction, the emotional feeling out of how we perceive how our life is really going, um, becomes a habit and life isn't as stressful. Now it's hard and it's messy and, you know, it's exhausting work, but even the most exhausting work, um, has pockets of joy in it. So I think it's sometimes our Mm -hmm. perspective. My husband's really good balancer for me. He'll say September, but don't you realize that 
your daughter just read a chapter in your book and you were able to make the kids lunch and you baked some special cookies and, and I'll see. But the kids, you know, we didn't go to the park and all the other moms did. My sink is full of dirty dishes from the cookies and I'll just, and he'll just say, but what did, what did really happen to make that mess? And so I always encourage moms, take the feeling, the waiting for the actual feeling of joy because it's hard to put those two things together, exhausted and joy. And I think that's why God says there's new mercies every morning, because sometimes a good night's sleep, which is rare when you have little children, um, you know, when you wake up and you think, you know, that really was an okay day. It wasn't as bad as I thought. You know how we get through th- situations like that. So um, that would be my first, you know, if I was sitting right next to that mom and she asked me that question, I would share that with her. But the second thing I would say is, you know, just at this stage when you're homeschooling and you have little ones, just take a lot off your plate that doesn't need to be there. Like, just think, yeah. do I really need to do this? Is it really going to make a difference? Can we do this at home? Maybe I should do this once a week and pull back a little. Doesn't mean isolate, you know, it doesn't mean to isolate yourself, but just to kind of take a good look at what you're doing and what's exhausting you. Is it your kids or is it the activities? And um, sometimes we realize we're just doing a little too much for that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk through even right now in <laughs> this season for you, yeah. we were kind of yeah. talking before we started recording. I think um, you'd mentioned that this has been a very hard season for you and that you've made an intentional choice mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of different areas and not all just saying no to things. So mm-hmm. talk through that with a mom. If she's feeling that exhaustion, I can relate to that exhaustion. I had in my mind that I was taking December off. How dumb is that? I'm going to take December off. Like, that's the one month in the whole year you can't just take off. It's like the movie Christmas with the Cranks where he's skipping Christmas. I can't do that. It's not going to work. So, um, okay, that was unrealistic. But maybe looking forward into 2018. uh, So I give myself space to grieve or to, you know, like you said, heal my soul. What does that look like? You know, there is a season for doing certain things. You know, if we ask the Lord, Lord, show me, tell me, give me peace, tell me in your word, uh, we will usually come to what God wants us to do. And I and I picked up five years ago, running a nonprofit, writing a book, continuing to homeschool. We had two marriages for two of our children. We had some grandchildren born. We have some serious health trials with very close family members and a lot of really big crisis things happened in our family in the last five years on top of me just being a mom, which is my normal job, which I absolutely love, but it became harder and harder to be the mom when I had all these extra things going on. So at the completion of those five years, I had to make what I, what I call a hard decision to say, you know, I'm not going to do these extra things right now. I need to take time to get September back. Now I know moms are probably thinking, well, I still have kids in my house and um, I don't even know who I am anymore. And who really am I? And how come I can't do ministry? And how come I can't run a nonprofit? And I say the right things at the right times. I always tell my teenage girls that God has the right things at the right time. But if we do the wrong things at the wrong time, something will go. And so I had to make some hard decisions um, for this coming year, 2018. And I just chose to say no and step back from all of my commitments. But not only that, I knew that it wasn't just about not being busy. And people think they know me, they hear what I do, and they say, oh, September, I'm so glad you're taking a break. 
but it's more, <laughs> it's more than that. Like I can't take a break from being a mom and neither can the mom listening to that. Neither can you Heather. Like right. we can't just stop. Right. You know, my kids come to it me. It feels and- like if I'm waiting for this magical, like nobody needs me moment, right. that's not happening. Yeah. No, yeah. there is no such mm-hmm. thing. And, uh, I, you know, we have, I have toddlers, I have middle, I have teenagers who are very needy and I have adult children and, and grandchildren. And I'm needed by a lot of people just in that realm. And that doesn't include everything else that I was attached to. So it's not about always just not being busy. I realize, and I just feel like if women could claim this for themselves to be so intentional to say, I am going to transform every area of my life, the way I think, the way I feel, the way I read God's word, the way I live every day. You know, sometimes as moms, how many times do we go through a day and forget to like smile? We're so intent Mm -hmm. on this schedule. And so at the end of the day, I wrote down, I write down what I did. I smiled, I laughed, I went for a walk and I look at my day and I think, look at that. Those are the things that take soul care. So I'm going through all of the areas of my life and I would say that probably people would tell you, if you were to read a book on this, that people would say, just take one thing at a time. But I believe if you take one thing at a time, then something else is going to be lacking. And I just want to feel whole and balanced. And so I'm doing a little bit of everything every day. So um, for the mom listening that feels overwhelmed and overworked and just cannot keep up with it all, I just encourage you to identify the things that matter. And I would say that would be if you're married, your spouse or your children first in your home and your relationship with the Lord. And then yourself, of course, and your mind, what you think, what you read, what you put into your mind. And I think that the joy will return because that's what I'm hoping for. I had lost my joy in everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, because I wasn't looking for it. It was because I was basing everything off of how I felt overwhelmed mm-hmm. and overworked. And, um, I don't believe those are gifts from God. <laughs> so, yeah. When we, <laughs> when we talk through feel, we do this feelings thing at our recovery group and overwhelmed falls under fear. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when we're overwhelmed, we're actually fearing maybe failure or feeling, fearing disappointing others or fearing, um, mm-hmm you know, the approval, loss of the approval of others, rejection. And, and so that's where the overwhelm, because it's like, if we don't do the things that are expected of us, Mm -hmm. so we don't do the things, that's not the big deal. The big deal is letting people down, looking like a failure, Mm -hmm. um, not doing, not doing it well. And so that's where the overwhelm comes in. Um, And saying yes to too many things gives the opportunity (laughs) to have to keep up more than we're physically able to do. Um, I want to talk through like, how do you plan going forward to guard your mind? You kind of mentioned that real quick. Like, how are you guarding that aspect? Um, Yeah. I just want to jump back to the last thing you just said. It really made me think that moms, um, you know, as women, we probably do fear, you know, what are people going to think if I don't show up or if I don't, you know, join Mm -hmm. this club or do that or, but, yeah. I think that as moms, we fear what the effect of our decisions will have on our children. And, mm, so you know, much. what if, yeah. what if I don't go to the homeschool group or what if I don't participate in 
um, my children's, I don't know, whatever it is, Sports. or if I take them, whatever sport, if they don't take up basketball this season, right. will they miss out on social? Yeah, And I think that a lot yeah. of the overwhelmed comes from that fear that we're going to affect our children negatively because we need to take time for, I don't want to say ourselves, but take time for what we know we need. And so, mm-hmm. um, finding a balance is key, but, um, guarding my mind and going forward to, um, I have been very diligent in this season to be in the word as much as possible and with my kids and not only reading it, but putting it on. So I don't mean moms, you know, feel like you have to get up at 5 a.m. and read your Bible and that's going to do it. I mean, I am taking verses specifically on rest or I'm taking verses on, um, um, you know, good health, or I'm taking verses, I'm just combing through the Bible and finding the things that I need to put on in my life, whether it's courage or, um, and I'm using Jesus's life as an example. Another area is I'm guarding what I'm reading on social media. I'm guarding what I read in books. And here's one of the biggest things I'm guarding my thoughts because women Mm -hmm. are thinkers And I have discovered that I am in the pattern of thinking negative things about um, situations or myself based on how I feel, which goes back to Mm -hmm. the beginning. And this affects my motherhood. It affects my marriage. So, for example, for the woman who is tired and has had an extremely long day, she's thinking, how can my husband even want to spend time with me? I must look or, you know, be a wreck. I must be the most, and I know that women think that I think I've thought that that's just an example, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, you go to a social event with your kids and there's a mom who seems to have it all together. And you think, Oh my goodness, I just look so bad today. I barely had time for a shower, put on my hat. We're here. We're here. I'm so proud. I'm here. But (laughs) you know, I just have to change. We have to change our thinking. So I'm working really hard on when a thought comes into my mind, I'm taking it captive and I'm saying, no, that is not truth. What is truth is God has fearfully and uh, wonderfully made me. God has made me beautiful in his eyes. I am the daughter of the King. He made me for this purpose. He made me for this season. This is what I'm going to do with my time. It's okay to not go to that function or it's okay Mm -hmm. not to get together with my friends, even if they do not understand that I'm not feeling well today. Because a lot of us, you know, will put on our best faces and do what people expect us to do, even our children, even our children. And I've had to step back and say to my kids, this is not not something we're going to do today. It's not something we can fit into our schedule. It's not. And I haven't felt bad about it in controlling our reactions um, to truth. It's just been a huge, huge change in the way I'm thinking. Because when you're tired or when you're sick or when you're overwhelmed or when you're discontent, it affects your thinking. So I just continually Mm -hmm. trying to transform my mind. And you've mentioned a few times your health. I mean, you have been in the hospital with blood transfusions. Mm -hmm. Is this like a chronic thing or is this as a result of overworked? You know, everyone on social media, everyone that knows me thinks it's because I am too busy. They just think that I can see why people would think mm. that. And I, um, but it's mm. not, it's not because of that. It's just, it's like a physical, yeah, it's just a physical, yeah. um, immune reaction my body has and, um, something I'm working on very diligently right now. And I'm giving 100% of my attention to it to do the best I can. And I'm really doing great. And, um, and it's not because I'm not busy, although that didn't 
help. I don't think it doesn't so. help. Yeah. yeah. But you know, yeah. um, a lot of people assume and a lot of people will say things and I've just learned that I just have to respond with grace and I want to be a grace giver and tell people, you know, I appreciate your concern, but you know, I can't take most of the busy out of my life. And when you're doing things out of obedience to moms, you know, whether it's a commitment you made or something you signed up for and you know, God wants you to do that, then do it well. But remember to take a, you know, a season of rest when you're done so that you can be ready for the next thing. Yeah. I saw something the other day that said, um, maybe you don't need to quit, but maybe you need to learn to rest. Yeah. I thought, Oh, that's really good good. for me. (laughs) When I'm like, Oh, I should just stop this whole thing. It's too much. And it's like, Oh no, maybe I just need to like plan rest in a little better and do that a little better. And, you know, I brought it up because I know that there are gals who listen, who have chronic Mm -hmm. health issues and feel that Mm -hmm. pressure or that, that feeling that they're letting their kids down or their friends down when they have to say no to things they want to, be able to say yes to, but they physically can't. Right. They physically cannot mm-hmm. do all the things. And, um, and that's hard. Yeah, I, that is, that is a real deal yeah. difficulty. It's um, real. It's very real. And I've had to actually be very honest with my children and say, mommy's body or mom's body to my teenage girls, I'm healing. <laughs> and you know, I am healing right now and it's yeah. going to take time, but if you could just give me some time. So on the days when I feel wonderful, I do, I feel wonderful. And we do those things that we love to do together. And just yesterday was one of those days. And I was just so thankful. And we went on a walk in the woods and I said to my kids, isn't this wonderful? God has given me great health today. And then by the time the end of the day came last night, I was just so weak. And I said, okay, so this, this is a night we're staying in. We're not going to go to the gym. We're not going to do those activities planned. I'm really sorry, but we just have to continue to be patient and let my body heal. And that mom's is huge, especially if you have daughters and you're raising them or even sons really to teach them that there is a value to rest because a lot of the, um, thinking I think in our culture today for women that work, it's not okay to take a break. And I want my girls to know that there is value and strength in rest and doing what God wants for your body. And so there's nothing better than my kids seeing me at my weakest and making intentional choices. So when their moms or when their husbands and they take care of their wives, they know that value. When we think about, like you said, following Jesus example um, that he modeled for the disciples is how often when you read in the gospels, he went away to a private mm-hmm. place or he stepped away from the crowds. Um, he didn't run towards the crowds. Uh, they always found him. Right. <laughs> so he didn't have to fear missing mm-hmm. out. You, he did not miss out on why God put him on this earth. He mm-hmm. got to go to the cross right. Um, right. and rise again. But all the in-between things, uh, he chose rest for his body and for his soul. And we could definitely, I could definitely learn from that for sure. Okay. Speaking of rest, <laughs> I have something that could help you. Uh, I've already taught three kids to read, and my fourth son is really eager, but I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So I discovered this new app I want to share with you, and it's this month's sponsor. It's great. It's called Phonics Museum. You can get it from your app store. It's available on all Apple devices, not on Android just yet. But if you go check it out, it's for three to seven-year-olds. It's a multi-sensory approach. They have over 900 books, songs, games, lessons that help your kids love learning to read. My son kind of thinks he's getting away with screen time, and I know that he's actually (laughs) learning. 
So if you want to check it out, go to phonicsmuseum.com backslash Heather, and you'll see my little face and testimonial there. All right, let's get to more goodness from September. So back to these young moms, though. Yes. When they hear rest, they're like, sure, sure, <laughs> rest. Yeah, mm-hmm, that sounds good. Yeah. But this one mom said she has a three-year-old and a seven-week-old. Can you remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. man. It brings back like a little bit of post-traumatic yes. for me. Um, especially when you add like, yeah, it's a lot. And she's having a hard time with her patience and then feeling behind and everything. How do you make it through that sleepless giving season with joy? Like you said, you kind of already addressed the joy thing. Um, she keeps thinking once the baby sleeps longer, it'll get better. Uh, she always wanted to be a mom, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my first question always to moms that are in this season is to say, have you, found uh, one or two women in your life that will help you, which is huge because we're all afraid to ask for help. And, you know, that person can't give us sleep at night. That person can't nurse our babies. That person can't do those things that only mom can do, but that person can step in when we need it. And I believe that our generations could be so much different for motherhood if moms all had someone. And I know that there's enough someones out there, but what is happening? (laughs) So that would be the first thing is to please find someone that can come in and help you. Um, And when I mean help, I mean, you really say, I need to sleep. Can you just rock my baby and not be afraid to say that? Um, It's it's a life saver. Uh, You know, a lot of tired moms become very depressed and anxious and varies to the point where it's really a health issue. And so I I mean this in all seriousness to find, find someone. The second thing I would probably suggest and say that helped me and has helped my um, daughter-in-law and my daughter is to let a lot of things go. And so as crazy as that sounds, do not, do not buy a book that tells you how to declutter your home in 10 days. Do not buy a book and read it that tells you how to, um, you know, overhaul your life and be a transformed woman in 24 hours. Do not buy those books right now. Um, This season is all about intentional choices and investment. And like I said earlier, you can find joy. You can have moms come over and just sit and take care of your babies, set out play date toys, nurse your babies and talk if it means you can't get socially out of your home. The problem is, I think sometimes we all feel like we have to go to something to experience it. And so I encourage moms, whether you're introverted, by the way, I am a very strong introvert. Um, whether, you're an, <laughs> whether you're an introvert or you feel that all of those things are out of your reach for fulfilling your um, social needs. I'm just addressing that specifically. Um, create that, you know, make it happen in your home. Invite a friend over, start a book club online, do what you need to do to fill those areas of your life. They could start a GCM podcast Yes, they can do that. I love that. And they can get a shirt, right? They can get a Don't Mom Alone shirt, which I realized your whole first section when I picked up Uh your book last Uh week. I was like, oh, wait, her whole first section is... Let's see. I'm gonna open. Open it. Is you are not I alone. Know, I saw so the it's shirt. perfect. I, shirt. I was I'm... like, oh, we should get you a don't mom alone shirt because that yeah. is exactly it. Do you find with your daughter and daughter in law, uh, they're in that millennial generation, right? Yes, they are. That's mm-hmm. yeah. And then when you compare back to when you were in that young mom stage, mm-hmm. yep. 
Totally different. It's It seems to me, one, there's the higher pressure of the social media, yeah. the social media, yeah. um, which we all know about. But two, I feel like there's an additional pressure for them to do all the things. Like you just told us we don't have to do all the things. Yeah. I feel like it goes against like the mindset. Yeah. Right. That they are not only supposed to be doing all the things, it's they're supposed to be having a wonderful time doing all the things and their kids aren't in anything but like adorableness. Right. Like we were at Halloween and I was amazed all the adorable handmade yeah. mm-hmm. uh, costumes these mm-hmm. kids had. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, wow, okay. Yeah. There's just a lot more pressure yes. to... Do it, do it well, and enjoy mm-hmm. it. Then I even – and I thought it was super hard when I had right, little kids. Right, So – Well, um, you know, there's this – What do you tell your daughter and daughter-in-law? Yeah, well, I handed them my do book. Do they even listen to you? Yeah, they do listen to me, and I handed them my book. Okay. But there's nothing more valuable than actually knowing someone and watching them live than reading a book. And that's why I tell moms, get yeah. connected. Like, don't mom alone. Find somebody because – <laughs> Don't can, mom alone. Yes. You can read a book, and, you know, I encourage you to – read my book because that's my life. But my daughter and my daughter-in-law, they see, they see the intention of me saying, I'm sorry, we just cannot do that. It's just too much. Or saying, you know, we're going to go to the um, thrift store and we're going to do Halloween that way this year. And they, they've seen me had to make, you know, make very difficult choices. Um, I think the key when you, what you just said is having to do it, do it all and enjoy it. Um, Cause you know that if you're staying up late to sew Halloween costumes and you're making or you're cooking paleo or whole 30 for your family and you're doing all the things, then you're loving it in the moment because that's how God created women. He, he made us creative, mm-hmm. very creative. Um, that's why we're moms and we are teachers and we just are able to come around our children and make things special. But I've told my children, I said, you know, not everything in life is going to be special. (laughs) So I am going to enjoy the things that I know are valuable for our family. So if you are in this Mm -hmm. generation, this current generation, and you enjoy that, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. You shouldn't feel bad about that. That that. That you enjoy sewing the costume or throwing the birthday party. Like that's your, that's your jam. Right. Do your thing. Do it. Um, Just don't expect to do it all and do it really well. And secondly, don't expect your children to appreciate it and to find the joy. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to find the joy that you're to say, Oh mother, thank yeah. you so much for all that you've done for yeah. me. They don't wake up and sing yeah, your praises. Yeah. So, you know, especially when they're older, yeah. you know, now that I have kids on the other side of all of this stuff, I used to sew my girls clothing and uh, we did all of our canning and cooking and we cooked naturally. I made my own bread, ground our own wheat. We did it all. We did juicing. Oh, we did goodness. juicing. And yeah, the original. Yeah, I, was, I was it, you know, but let me tell you on, on the other yeah. side of it, I have now um, five grown children who don't remember half of it. And they just remember me being, oh, yeah. you know, tired. <laughs> <laughs> so they remember me being tired and I thought, okay, mm. what really is important? So I'm just choosing, you know, now with our younger children to be tired over the things that I know will bring me joy in my creativity and um, be intentionally investing into those things. Being tired over the things that bring you joy and um, choosing those things wisely. I think that's really, really good. Really good. Okay. So one mom asked, um, she says she wants to have quality time with her kids. 
She has three kids, five, three, and two. Oh, my goodness, again. Wow. Um, she said, for example, this morning, each one was wanting me to come look at something or play with them or hold them all while I was trying to do the dishes because the sink smelled of spoiled milk. <laughs> I want them to know I'm there for them and care about spending time with them, but I'm also noticed trying to be, quote, unquote, right, be right there feeds their sense of entitlement and that I should constantly meet their needs. How do I show them I care and I'm available while teaching them humility, selfishness, selflessness, and patience? Yeah. Woo, that's a I load. Loved that. right I loved that question. Like, it was um, one of my favorites yeah. one because right off the top, that mom realized that she doesn't want to foster entitlement. I thought, okay, she really, mm-hmm. really has – she she gets this. She's very yeah. intentional. This yeah. is very intentional. Um, but this is what I have found is that – with younger children, um, it's hard because your time is torn, like she said, and you have three children and you want to meet all their needs. So uh, something that I have found to work, especially since this is an interesting concept, but we have a six-year-old and then I have a three-year-old granddaughter and an almost two grandson. So it's like I have these three little kids whenever we're all together and it's quite a bit, you know, we're together. And I have realized that I can't be everything to all of them as well. And so uh, just like when my older kids were little and now in this season of my life, I get right down to their level and I tell my children, I will do my best to come and see your Legos and I will come do my best to come listen to you read and I will hold you during your movie. But right now we're going to, we are going to clean the sink and I pull up a chair and I give them a sponge and I spray it and they watch me do it. And while I'm doing it and while they're scrubbing and they're kind of in my way, but I'm getting it done and they're with me, I tell them that um, love looks different in so many ways. Like I love my family and I don't want germs. And it sounds so crazy, but kids really get it. And then they realize mommy has other things to do than just take care of me and to take care of this person Mm. and that person. So I would, Mm. yeah, I would encourage moms to, um, Invite yeah. them into all the things. Right. And to work as a team. It's not just about our kids being, yeah, it's not about being entertained and distracted. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like I've fallen into that trap a lot. Like, okay, make sure they're entertained over here so I can actually yeah. get well, something done. Well, that's easy to do. I mean, we all yeah. we all need that yeah. time. I just, when they want my time, I am just very careful to tell them we are a team and we're going to work together. So I'm going to work with this person and you can wait patiently. And sometimes if they don't, they're young enough and they don't understand, what does that mean? Wait patiently. I will show them. I'll say, so I'd like you to sit there with your notebook and I want you to draw me a picture. And when you are done with your picture, I will come over. And sometimes you just have to walk them through it, but they're learning character. And I always tell my children, a family that works together and a family that defers and shows honor to one another. And they get this when they're young can leave the home as very loving people. They can do that to people in their jobs and in their communities and wherever they are. Um, they don't have that entitlement factor. So I'm just learning to teach my children to wait patiently, to come and do this with me, go help your brother. Why don't you listen to him read, um, work together as a team. And do they do that? They do. Like, so long. Yeah. I'm like, sit down and here's a pic. And then they'll go, yeah. I don't want yeah. to. Like yeah. the attitude that comes out whenever I suggest right. those things, I feel yeah. like then it makes me discouraged. And I yeah. say, never mind. No. And I give up. I know. You know, sometimes I've learned mm-hmm. to be a, mir- a mirror to my children. So mm. when they say, mm. can I have a snack? I'll just kind of do the grumbling thing. No, you know, and I'll just kind of whine. And it sounds so ridiculous. And they'll just look at me and I'll say, we are going to treat one another the way we want to be treated. And if you think it's okay to 
to tell me that when I'm doing something else that's important. And I always bring it back to their behavior. Um, and I think that mom guilt plays a huge role right there. You know, if we just realize we're doing the best we mm-hmm. can, and if our children learn yeah. that we can only give so much, then all of those expectations are skimmed right off the top. And when my kids give me an attitude, I just stop and I look at them and I say, I would never expect you to give me more than you can give me or to do something for me that you cannot do. Would I do that? And I say that to my kids. Would I do that? Would I expect you to drive to the car right now and get me some milk? You know, just something ridiculous. And they'll just look at me and I, mm-hmm. I and then I say, I do not want you to expect something for me. I cannot give to you right now. That's selfish. And if you cannot change your attitude, you can go to your room. And very quickly, they learn very quickly that once mom has caught on to the fact that their grumbling isn't going to move me, <laughs> you know, they, they stop. Yeah. So... I think the key too in the way you're able to calmly say it is that you already know you already have a plan. Yeah, right. Like you already yes. have a plan and an expectation. Yeah. Yes, very good. It's so huge. That's what we need you to write all those down. Yeah. So we have that already. Right. <laughs> what to yeah. say? Well, you know that, know new, that new book. I just saw a new book out called yeah. Parenting Scripts. The parenting and Scripts. I thought, oh, what a great book. Well, um, Amber and yeah. Wendy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were on the Amber's been on the show. Talking about triggers. So there you go, guys. Your parenting scripts right there. Um, Okay. Well, I know our time is running out. um, And there's a whole question here about parenting teens. But that feels like a whole issue. Man. I did have a question, though, to go back to when you said sometimes you're going to have to let go of things and Mm -hmm. change your schedule and... Just to give the mom perspective when she's like, oh, I just don't know that I can. I just don't know that I can give that up. It's going to mess up my kids. Like that fear we were talking about. Now that you have older kids, did you see that letting go of those things when they were younger hurt them in any way? Like give her hope yeah. that. Well, let me tell you the opposite, actually. Yeah, putting those... I, I, did, I okay. did not right. let go of those things when my older kids were younger. And it had detrimental side effects. Um, I have completely... What were those? I did not let go of those things. And so my older children resented um, if a new baby came along. They resented if I was busy um, making the bread. Why couldn't I sit down and um, spend time reading a book with them? Well, I'm making a healthy meal. We should appreciate we need to be healthy. We need to be healthy. You know, all of those things that I would pick up and do um, became later, we've had great discussion about it and they're not angry and they're not. Um, but they did say, um, yes, mom, you were so busy. We were worried about you. And I realized I had not modeled to my now 19, 18 and 17 year old teenage daughters what rest looks like. And so I've actually had to teach them. That was a detrimental thing that Mm. happened. And when they see me doing this, they're so confused. Like, mom, why aren't you, you're not going to lead your homeschool group and you're not going to go speaking and you're not going to do those things like you used to, you've been doing that. And I said, no, it's not worth it right now. I have these little kids and I have a few other jobs I'm trying to manage and I'm not going to lose this time of investment because I can see that you girls cannot rest like you're multitasking and then you're emotionally bankrupt and you're tired. And so it's a journey we're all learning together. So I would say to the moms, Hmm. um, there were no detriment, there's no detrimental effects for doing the right thing, (laughs) you know, and 
for yeah, doing for doing, less, for doing, for doing, for doing yeah. what's good for you in those seasons. I'm not saying we all have yeah. different portions mm-hmm. we can handle. And that's another huge thing to know. Um, sometimes my portion may be bigger at different times in my life than another woman's. And I need to, to respect that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good September. Okay. So where can women find you online? Uh, so mm-hmm. they can read more about what you, what you've written to, and yeah, to all meet everyone. Things. I'm at um, SeptemberMcCarthy.com, and my book is at WhyMotherhoodMatters.com. So you could find everything just over at SeptemberMcCarthy.com, though. And I'm on social media. You can find me there. Instagram is great because it's like um, just a nice, safe place. My kids and I, you know, <laughs> we do some videos, yeah. and um, it's just kind of it's kind of fun. And it gives a real life picture to motherhood. You know, I talk about my tired days. I talk about my strong days. I talk about juggling and teenagers. I talk about all that. So that's probably the best place. Awesome. Fabulous. Well, thank you, September. Thank you for making time to chat with us. And I just love any time I get with you. Thanks. Soak you up. Okay. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Okay. Thank you all for listening. One more thing I had mentioned in the last episode, y'all loved that episode, I'm so thankful, but I mentioned at the end of it that I was going to launch this new Not Alone series. It's a new thing, so I've set a page over on my site where you can basically record a message for me. Share something that's keeping you up at night with your kids or on your knees, oh my goodness, And I'm confident for every message I get, there's going to be a thousand moms that are represented. And I'm going to share these messages on short, little, not alone episodes in the future. Either myself or a mentor will answer your questions or give perspective or encouragement on whatever you share. So if you want to share with us, head over to godcenteredmom.com backslash not alone, godcenteredmom.com backslash not alone. And you'll see it's pretty easy to record a little message for me. All right. I'm kind of excited to see how it works out. And if you're from the future listening to this episode and the year is 2080 or something, um, don't be mad if that link is not there. And I'm not doing the Not Alone series anymore because uh, I could be in a nursing home or with Jesus. And this may not go off as planned. Like either I'm going to get too many messages and get overwhelmed and I'm going to have to shut this thing down. Or um, I'm going to get none and be like, well, I tried. So just future listener people, you know, if you're not listening to this in the next month of its release, (laughs) just be aware that there might be a timetable and an expiration date on this concept Uh, because I'm still getting entries for the uh, podcast logo contest because I didn't put an end date in that episode. See, I don't think futuristically. Oops. Okay. Well, y'all get some rest, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink, as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. 
He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.